Are you ready? Starting now? (laughs) (laughs) Now you just messed it up, you knob. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. (laughs) Fuckers fuckers better appreciate it. (coughs) What's the title of this podcast again? I don't know. Objects, I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Popular with the ladies. (laughs) Oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, hopefully it sounds (laughs) fucking hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, really, this is, this is fucking explicit now. (laughs) Ah, the explicit button. Let me use my finger. It is time for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And that episode starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Sober, Not Mature. It is a Friday night, and uh, Mike and I were just talking before we connected here. It's a beautiful Friday night here, uh, weather-wise. And uh, Mike, you said it's pretty nice there, too, huh? It is. Happy Friday the 13th, everybody. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny that uh, that completely blew out of my head today. Uh, I mean, here and there, I was seeing memes, uh, you know, obviously on social media. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just, it just wasn't really clicking in my head that it was Friday the 13th. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, lot of fun with that. And actually, I, I mean, I had a I had a hell of a nice day, but uh, I know some people get all freaked out by it. But yeah, you it's one of your favorites, right? Ah, sure. Why not? You know, it's all superstitious <laughs> mumbo jumbo. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, cool. Well, yeah, it's uh, once again, you know, um, Friday night, a little bit of a nice weather. God, I mean, just that in itself is, uh, I don't know, helps my mood a little bit. But uh, we've got some interesting statistics, actually. Uh, speaking of good moods, a couple of things to, to start us off, but actually put us in good moods. So, um, and I didn't have a chance yet to post this on Instagram because it hit this number um, earlier today and then fell and then popped up another three. So we are at 702 followers on Instagram. Yeah, which uh, I was listening to a couple of the old episodes and I think that uh, it's got, it's only been, I don't think it's been like a month ago. We didn't even have half of that. So it's, right. uh, yeah, it's kind of cool, but I usually, I, <laughs> I've, I've noticed on Instagram, basically what happens is we usually hit certain numbers and then we'll drop one or two. And I don't know if it's just people that are like, you know, once again, why are we following these two boneheads or, or whatever it is, but I have no answer for that. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't either. I have no answer for any of this yet. So that's the. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the fun part but um but yeah I usually wait a little bit till it usually gets into the you know 705 so, or not or the five or six over whatever the the milestone number is but yeah 702 mm-hmm. now the the number of plays and uh, i don't know if you saw it on facebook but i posted it on instagram earlier today uh we were like at 491 or 493 i think earlier today mm-hmm. and basically i posted and kind of begged people to get us to 500 it did not happen Cool. <laughs> uh, we're at we're at 498 so right. uh, a couple of yeah but still i mean same thing listening to a few episodes ago i mean when we were you know at 75 plays or 100 plays or whatever so yeah i mean it's again huge you know 498 now the <clears throat> the top episodes episode four is still number one hmm. and that is at 52 plays um, episode 10, you know, so two episodes ago, I think that was our, that was our founder's day one, if I'm not mistaken, I yeah. don't have it. In, our trip I think to Akron. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I say founder's day, yeah. Dr. Bob trip to Akron. Sorry about that. That's all right. And then, um, episode three, which is again, your story, uh, is it, uh, 50 and then, um, the last episode, the episode 11 is at 37 already. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, just cool. I mean, you know, again, watching, watching these numbers, I, I enjoy it. And then our demographic again, women popped up one where it's 65% uh, for women, <laughs> uh, 28% for men. And then, uh, again, 10% either not identified or, or open or whatever the deal is on there. Uh, the main demographic. Sure. What's that? Or they're not sure. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not sure they want to admit what, you know, that they're even, uh, that they're even listening, let alone, you know, gender. So I get that. <laughs> so um, 45 to 59 is still our main demographic at 49%. Uh, 35 to 44-year-olds at 30%. And then um, 28 to 34% is at 16, or I'm sorry, 28 to 34 uh, years old is at 16%. And then the remainder at like, I don't know, 1% between the, the remaining. But um, other thing I wrote down was the other, once again, other areas of the world, you know, where we're getting some listeners. Again, right. um, United Kingdom, South Africa, Australia, Argentina, Ireland, Germany, Mexico, and Canada. So um, just kind yes. of... Uh, yeah, again, just kind of cool. But um, one other thing, too, uh, with with all of this is that, uh, you know, again, I was just listening back at some of the some of the episodes. And um, two reasons is that every once in a while when I've listened back at, at one of the episodes, I, I remember something. That's how I remember that we were going to talk about the absolutes. But uh, I also, you know, again, start to listen to and hear some of these things back. And like, again, what we were talking about what our expectations were. And I think a couple episodes, you still said you didn't give a shit. <laughs> and you know what? I still don't. <laughs> well, you know what? Stay consistent because that's what, that's what works. And you know, what, what has, what has worked for you for, for this long, but this is episode 12. And mm -hmm. how many, how many steps are there? Um, uh, <laughs> 13, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, there is, there is, but yeah. So <laughs> it's obviously twelfth episode, twelve steps. Remember, Doc, we did. Did we even talk about the number of steps up to Doctor Bob's house from the street? I don't think we did. Yeah, so that happens to be it is. It's twelve steps from the sidewalk up to the up to the porch, or is it up onto the porch? Just up to the it's porch or onto the porch? Onto the porch. Okay, and then you remember going down into the dorms in the Keating Center. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that was also 12 steps? Do you remember that? I, I do recall that. I mean, I was upstairs in a dorm, so it wasn't uh, part of my deal, but I know you had to trudge those steps every day. <laughs> and I and I did, yeah. But it was just kind of cool because so the the again the, the step back a little bit, the Keating Center was just and we don't even know what it was prior to that, but it did have uh, like an industrial kitchen and had a dining room area, um, had dorm areas. I don't know if it was, it almost looked, part of it looked like a, almost like a factory, mm -hmm. but not with like machinery and stuff like that. I don't know what it was. Uh, but I mean, uh, when they took over that building in whatever year, I mean, clearly it wasn't built, you know, to be a, a sober living facility. Right. Uh, but yeah, just kind of, just kind of cool that it had, you know, 12 steps again, going down to the, to the dorms, you know, which was, which was fun. And then, the only thing I thought about was we should have recorded this yesterday because it would have been the 12th and 12 years for us. You know, so, I mean, it's just right. a bunch of fucking 12s, all the, all these fucking 12s all over the place. So we blew it by not having, <laughs> not recording yesterday, but Hey, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that we, we failed by a day. Well, you'd fail by four days. So exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, short. what's that? You cut out a little bit. A uh, day late and a dollar short. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Story of my life too, in most cases. But um, but yeah, we we're so we were talking about the the weather and stuff like that. And so we got. Uh, um, I actually let everyone go today about fifteen minutes early, which was every once in a while we try to do that. Um, but I mean, it, it seriously, it was so nice. And I've got like a thirty minute commute on the way home. But um, you know, I was I was thinking about that. Again, back when I was drinking and stuff like that, getting out work even 15 minutes early, five minutes early when the weather was nice, it's like, okay, more time to get out and, you know, go figure out what I'm going to do from a, a drinking standpoint. But the, what I was looking forward to was getting into my car, opening up my sunroof, putting the windows down, and I cranked the Foo Fighters all the way home. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was wonderful. And I got home and I'm just, I mean, I was in a great mood. I grabbed my pizza. They didn't fuck that up this week. So cool. that was good. And, and you know, the, here's the funny part too, is I thought about it. I'm like, man, I'm in a really good mood today. And I'm like, yeah, probably the weather. But then so mm -hmm. I'm sitting there trying to trying to figure it out. And, and I don't know if you remember, I did that once probably more than once, but I just remember one specific time when I think when you and I were living in the, in the house together mm -hmm. and uh, just one of those things, I'm like, you know what? I'm in like a really good mood and I don't know why. And you're like, why are you even questioning it? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't know, you know, cause it's just uh, even like, but it happens on the other end too. I end up in, 
you know, some sort of a, a shitty mood and I can't figure it out. And usually I, I try to figure that out so I can, if it's something, you know, festering that I got to work through, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, work sucked this week. I was all stressed out about, you know, just silly things. I mean, it's just a lot of stuff going on at work that just caused a lot of, caused a lot of stress and um, right. you know, the world for me to, to be in a great mood, but I am, and I'm just, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to question it, but it was just, well, I already did, but <laughs> right, of course, right. But we have to we have to work that muscle, man. That gratitude muscle, you know. Things are going well. Let's enjoy it, and it's not natural and normal for us. I don't yeah. know. I, I I have to work at it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and it's uh, it just it, it is weird, isn't it? Because uh, I mean, normal people don't have to, and I say that quite a bit. I do. I have to remember to be grateful, and that's just. It's stupid when when you say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous right. because because I mean, you know, again, normal people shouldn't have to be like, oh, I I have to remember to be a decent <laughs> human being. Right. <laughs> I, I need a book. I need meetings. I need uh, <laughs> I need reminders. I got to pray every day. I mean, it's mm-hmm. that it, you know, we're like waking up as, as infants every morning and like retraining ourselves. So yeah, it's just kind of yep. funny. But that uh, kind of leads into the the first thing that, that crossed my mind this week. And it really crossed my mind because of, uh, again, all the shit that was going on at work. But I, I thought about when both of us first started working. And I, I know what your first job was. You know what mine was. Mm-hmm. And obviously, second job and what my second job is and where all that led to. But I was thinking about, you know, the just that part of it. And, you know, I'd like to, if we could, just talk about the what we did for our first jobs and how we felt um, if it was stressful, why we did it. And I know what, again, it, this leads me into what your second job was because you had a lot of, you know, freedom and stuff like that. So, but mm-hmm. I don't know, start off. So your, your first job, I don't even remember how you got the first job. I know what you did, um, but how did you feel about it? Was it stressful? I mean, was it perfect for you at the time? I don't know. <laughs> no, it was quite awful. Um, well, <laughs> we'll start from the beginning. Um, I'm sorry. Was- I, I almost choked on air there when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, no, so um, it was uh, a mutual friend of ours worked in this uh, little crappy metal shop. Um, and, um, another guy, we were both at the Keating center. Um, we were just had gone three quarter and, um, I was starting to look for work, but I hadn't really gotten real serious about it. And, um, this other guy that was there was supposed to get this job. And, uh, he, I think he had got, it was, I know it was a Sunday for me. Um, I think he had been told that he got this job on a Friday, uh he went out on saturday to celebrate Uh uh-huh so um it was sunday morning and um there was a sunday morning still is a sunday morning meeting at the keating center and um because i was three-quarter i didn't have to get up and go to that meeting um (laughs) i've told people ever since then yeah as soon as i didn't have to go to that meeting i didn't because uh, I didn't want to get up Sunday morning. So anyway, I'm laying in my bunk down in C-Dorm at the Rock, and uh, Marty came down and uh, said, go upstairs and talk to Hanrock. Um, and I went upstairs and talked to this dude, and he said, yeah, man, uh, start tomorrow. And uh, it, was, uh, it was this metal finishing shop. We, we got parts from other companies. We brought them in, and basically we threw them into big machines or whatever, and uh, and smoothed them out, took the burrs and stuff off of them. Um, it was awful. It was physical. It was dirty. It was uh, it was hot in summer. It was cold in the winter. Um, I hadn't <laughs> done I hadn't done anything physical in probably two years. Not like that. Um, I, I, it killed me first couple of weeks. Um, but you know what? I was <laughs> speaking of gratitude, uh, <laughs> as awful as it was, I was grateful to have it. Um, I made enough money to get by. Um, and I was there with another sober guy working and, um, it was, you know, hell, I stayed there for close to a year and a half. Um, and it was awful. It, not a good job. 
Um, but <laughs> it, it, it provided, you know, it, I paid my rent at the Keating Center um, and it was fine, you know, um, and I stayed for a while. And the cool thing was, this was probably, I know it was, it was the first job that when I left, they were sad to see me go. They were like, well, if you ever want to come back, you know, you've always got a place here with us. And I was just like, wow, that's that's different. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So go ahead and talk about your first job. So I was looking for and and I was in the and well, it's not really a secret. I've been in the the debt collection industry for years and years and years, and I didn't want to get back into that. And at the time, and this is what I was thinking about today, it was that I didn't want to deal with the stress of the industry, regardless of what position I I took. Um, Mm -hmm. There are some stresses to it. It just is what it is. So I was going to get, I've also been in sales positions. So that's what I was searching for. And when the, the deal was, is we were we were halfway and I say this quote unquote halfway when you went to meeting or I'm sorry, groups and all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. they would graduate you. And when you went three quarters, then you start, well, you went looking for work and then you went three quarter where you were, you were working, still living at the Keating center, paying rent as Mike just said. Uh, but that interim part, you know, which basically is purgatory, you know, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're looking for work because you're right on that cusp of having some freedom. Um, right. And I couldn't, I couldn't find a job. And um, I'm applying to, and that's where the, again, the story from last week with, you know, searching jobs with my cousin and all that stuff. So I'm looking for all these, all these sales jobs and I can't, I can't find one. So a couple of guys and I, I know Pete was one of them and there was two or three other guys that got a job at that factory that I worked at. Mm-hmm. And basically they're like, all you got to do is get out to this place. You will get hired. They know who we are. They know what our deal is. Right. Um, go in. You're going to go in, you're going to interview, you're going to take a, a drug test right while you're there. And when you pass it, you're going to get hired. And he's going to tell you you're going to start that day or the next day. And I'm like, really? So I'm mm-hmm. like, whatever, man. So right. I, I, re- I remember going out to do this interview and, uh, and I didn't have a car. So it was out in, I think it was in Parma where I had to go, which to drive there from the Keating Center would have taken me probably 20 minutes. It right. was like, an hour and a half and three buses. I got off at the wrong stop, walking like a half a mile. <laughs> um, but I, but I got there and exactly what they said happened. And I started this factory. Now it was a, and I don't remember what type of factory, but my job was to, to stand in one position. It was second shift three to 11. And I don't remember what I made, but it was basically minimum wage, maybe a right. little bit more. And hanging parts. They come out of a machine, you have bin, you hang parts, then out of a machine, hang parts. But they're on these little metal clips that come out. And when you're hanging them up, depending on the part, you're, I mean, literally you're, there's no way around it. You're, you're cutting the fuck out of your hands, number one. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm standing all day. And this is, even though it's at this point, I'm, you know, 60 days, almost 90 days sober, whatever it was, I still had my body hadn't really healed from whatever right. trauma went through, you know, so I wasn't doing the heavy lifting, physical, that sort of thing, but it did it. It, it It's weird. It sounds weird, but it wore me out. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I hated it. And I made, <laughs> I made just enough money to pay my rent. That was right. it. And my, my mom was the one that was helping me out. She was giving me, um, again, a 41 year old man, you know, this goes back mm-hmm. to me, but at this point, um, at this point, I mean, I was, I was trying, you know, I, I wasn't just taking, but she was giving me an allowance, buying chips and soda and that sort of thing for me. We still got our meals and I had just enough, you know, to do what I needed to do. But literally I was just making enough to, to pay rent. Um, and I, again, it, it wasn't the awfulness that you had by any stretch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do what you did. There's just no way I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to physically do it. You know, I, it would have, right. I just couldn't, I couldn't. So that was my first job and that led into something else. But yours, your second job, I think was because you, and I remember um, how you ended up getting it, um, how you heard about it. And then mm-hmm. uh, that went into this whole, well, basically, well, I'll let you tell it. But I mean, I, again, I think yeah. one, of, one of the most important parts is how you got it, who you got it from and that, right. you know, how you felt. So go ahead. Yeah. Right. So um, I, I'm a uh, professional truck driver. Um, I had done that for a while. Um, I was still drinking at the time, but 
Um, and then, uh, but I always, I stopped doing it because it was, you know, getting in the way of my drinking. Um, but, <laughs> but I still have my CDL, my commercial driver's license. I always hung on to that and, um, I still had it and I wasn't, I knew early on, it's probably why I stayed at the metal shop as long as I did, because I knew I wasn't ready to go back out on the road by myself. Um, I just wasn't. Um, so anyway, I'm um, approaching two years sober and I'm at the Keating Center. We had already moved out at that point, but I was back at the Keating Center doing a, a big book study. A friend of ours did the, he led the study and um, I liked it. So I was there on a Tuesday night. And um, after the meeting, uh, a guy we had gone through there with, uh, a guy named Wes, um, he uh, came walking in after the, the book study and he said, hey, man, you still got your CDL, right? And I said, yeah. And he handed me a phone number. He said, call this number. So I called the number. It was uh, it was a woman who was uh, also in the program and um, she had a truck. She uh, <laughs> a very small trucking company, one truck, um, but she owned it and she needed a driver. And uh, I called her and uh, I hadn't driven at that point in seven or eight years. Um, but she, uh, she took a chance on me and uh, I took her truck out and drove around uh, about half of the country for about a year and a half with her. Um, and it was just, it was, it was, uh, it was faith. It was, it was, um, whatever you want to call it, man. It's, you know, a, a power greater than myself looking out for me. Um, I was in the right place at the right time. Um, I was involved with all these drunks and, um, there was a need that needed to be filled and I was there to fill it and it was pretty cool. Um, so I, I drove for her, like I said, for about a year, year and a half. Um, wasn't the perfect situation by any means. Like I said, she had one truck um, and, <laughs> and, and half the time didn't really know what she was doing either. But it was OK. It got me back on the road. It got me experience again so that when I was done with that phase of my career, um, I was back into it and I had that year, year and a half of experience, recent experience again. Um, and without, you know, running into anything and wrecking the truck and all that good stuff. And uh, so when it was time to go to a real trucking company. Um, I could walk right in and do it. And I did. So, yeah, it was uh, being at the right place at the right time, doing the next right thing, do good, get good, all that good stuff. Well, in in the other thing too, the I think the piece that you left out was it was mm. somebody that you didn't care for that gave Wes the phone number, right? Oh Who's God, the- that's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what? I, it was yeah, I forgot about that too. No, it was um, it was uh, uh <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to use his name. Uh, it was a guy named Jack who uh, was absolutely not one of my favorite AAs. Um, he had, he was an asshole. Um, <laughs> just because you get sober doesn't mean you stop being an asshole. And he was uh, a wonderful example of that. But, yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> it was a guy. And yeah, God, I forgot all about that. Wow. <laughs> that was, uh, to me, that was one of the best parts. In it. And I remember that, that Wes is the one that gave you the phone number, but then he said who right. he got it from. I remember you're like, he got it from Jack, blah, blah. And I, and right. nobody, well, I mean, out of our group, we didn't care for this dude. And there's a right. lot of things that are, that are unimportant, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it's funny because again, some, some dude that you just, I mean, hated, you know, basically, mm-hmm. um, you know, pass it along the phone number to Wes. And then, you know, you end up with this thing that, that literally puts you where every place you are now is because of that. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So thanks, asshole. I appreciate it. Exactly. But so here's the other thing that I that I thought was kind of cool. And that's when um, even though I used to tease you every once in a while, but you you posted on Facebook every single morning and along Mm. the way, every single day for that entire time. And even after that, and you you told me why and share why you did that. 
Well, uh, because I was in this truck by myself, traveling around the country. I was, I mean, I was going down to Texas and then going up to Minnesota and going, you know, east to uh, uh, New Jersey and all over the place. Basically, um, yeah, um, clearly everywhere around. Anyway, doesn't matter. I was going all over the damn place and um I needed to keep myself accountable. I needed to let people know I was still there and still doing what I was supposed to do, even though I was for all intents and purposes by myself. And, um, you know, at two years sober, um, I needed to do that. I needed to be accountable every day. So I did, I would post every day. Hi, you know, I would, you know, I'd start the day off with just, you know, have a good day, everybody. And, um, and then, you know, I, wherever I parked for the night, I would post, put a location and say home for the night, you know, just to let people know I was, I was there. I was doing what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I thought that that, and like I said, the, the, the initial thing again, who, who you got it from, that was, I, to me, it was just funny, but that, that part of it, that accountability part I thought was huge. And, mm. and I, uh, I mean, I used to post every day just in, and you see them now on Facebook. I, I come across these things that I'm sharing from 11 years ago right. and they're, they're quotes every single morning when I would get, cause I'd usually go to Burger King or sit in the, the lunchroom at work or whatever before I started. And I'd right. find a recovery right. quote and I was doing that to, for myself, but I posted on Facebook, posted on Facebook. And it mm -hmm. wasn't, even though they were <clears throat> for me, they were recovery things. I didn't say, Oh, here's a recovery thing. But you know, I was, I, I think inadvertently doing that, on purpose. But then when you started doing it, I, I did it when I moved, when I moved back here and it was right. based on, you know, the same thing, you know, I was, I was in Wisconsin all by myself and stuff like that. But uh, no, I just thought that was cool because you were gone sometimes for, you know, not just a, you know, a couple of days, it was a week to two weeks to three weeks, right. You know, just right. out doing whatever, whatever, you know, you're doing and wherever you're going. Um, mm -hmm. So no, I think, I think that's important though, because two years is, it's a lot of time, but it's not a lot of time really right you know to to have that type of freedom so no i just thought that was cool so do you think that um and again that the first job i know you said was awful um the second job you know i know i probably caused you more stress than the first one do you mm -hmm. think i mean thinking back now and i know it's a it was a means to the ends to get back into the you know to the trucking end of things do you think it was like stressful or was that the right things for you to do at the time <laughs> um, yes it was yes it was stressful um and you know what i don't question that stuff anymore i i don't if it was the right thing to do or not it was the thing that i did um and like you said it got me to where i'm at today working for well quite frankly now this is the third comp third trucking company i've worked for since i started with that independent and um, now I'm working for the largest fleet in the country. And, um, you know, I, I plan on retiring from this company. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I don't question whether it was the right thing to do or not. It was the thing that I did. So apparently it was right, but it's not for me to judge. I don't know. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, I, I'm sure I could have done something else. I'm sure I could have been with a larger, a real company sooner um, I may have been able to just step off and get a job with a regular company. I don't know. I don't care. It's what I did. So that's what happened. Well, and, and I asked that question on purpose because I knew what your answer was going to be, but I wanted, mm -hmm. I wanted you to share that, you know, and not just say, not to say, I know what your answer is going to be. It's just more natural <laughs> for you to say, it, but I, I did. And, and, you know, well, the, the thing is, and, and cause I, and the reason I, I asked that question is cause I, I was thinking too much when I, when I first started in my, right. the, second job that I got when I finally was trying to, I was trying to manufacture this thing back into, and I've been in sales and I can do it, uh, but mm -hmm. I it back into something that I knew and something that I could do. So I, when I actually started applying within the industry that I've been in, in the collection industry, I had a job within like three days. And I mean, literally, right. you know, I right. sent out like three applications. I, one was a, um, what do you call a placement company or a, you know, temp firm. I went temp right. to hire hired. And ever since, I mean, I took a, just a desk um, collector position to begin with, but then within a year changed and was in a supervisory and training position. And then, you know, basically well, well a couple of exceptions, but I mean, I've been in that business ever since again. Uh, mm -hmm. But I did, I tried to, 
I tried to overthink it and I tried to figure this is going to be stressful and whatever, where um, you didn't, you just let, but I mean, <laughs> you just let everything flow, but mm-hmm. at one yet another example of you and I, <laughs> right? <laughs> I just, and, and I guess the only thing that I can be thankful for a little bit is number one, I know what my issue is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't always correct it, um, but I have, you know, if nothing else, I have you because everything I run mm. by you, I mean, we've had sponsors and all those different things, but um, right. I've always, I've always come to you, you know, first mm-hmm. and then talk to a sponsor or something like that. So um, nine times out of 10, you're the one that's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I don't <laughs> but um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, my job right now um, is, it's stressful. It's stressful based on the situation. I don't know that I'm completely happy with what I'm doing or what I want to do next, but I don't know that I want to do this forever. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it's a situation where, um, again, I have a job. It, it pays decent enough. Um, I've got, I think, you know, job security. I have an right. opportunity now to, you know, to in a couple of months, you know, kind of expand off and do what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but one way or the other. I mean, I'm, I'm in a, at a point in my life where I think I can, um, you know, you just said you want to retire from that place. I don't know that I want mm-hmm. to do that, but I'm, I'm in right. a position where I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, I think I know what I want to do. It's not necessarily this, but I'll figure it out. And right. I, I try to let things flow a little bit more these days, but <laughs> I'm far from <laughs> fucking perfect at it. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I, it, it all comes down, you know, whatever you, talk about questioning my decisions and whatever you know what man still sober so apparently i did something right right no i i agree wholeheartedly and right. uh, and like i said I, I know your goal was to to get off the road and, and be local which mm-hmm. you are so i mean you right. you've been able to to follow that that path uh which is which is awesome so no i just again i it, i knew it was a good story and uh, again the funniest part was <laughs> where you yeah. got where you actually yeah. got it from, but uh and, and I blocked that out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably the right way to put it. You probably did you that was your that was your job blackout, you know? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I can still compartmentalize things. You know, <laughs> put the okay, that was a bad thing. That was horrible. I'm gonna put that over there and not think about it. Right. <laughs> you can't speak well, but you can still compartmentalize. I could do something. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that brought up another thought because um, you know, once again, you know, you and and I know when you when you drove before because you talked about it in your story and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you didn't actually, you know, drink while you were driving, but miniature, right. you know, parked at night, you got loaded and passed out and started all over again. You I know, did. <laughs> but but then it, it sort of made me think about same thing with with tonight and we had talked a little bit about you know um having fun and some of the things we've done and obviously the and our, our trip down to akron and just um some of the things it's just we've done in general uh i mean you know we, the concerts we talked about all that sort of thing but mm-hmm. i started thinking about you know the the fact that we're coming up to Memorial Day, and then there's Fourth of July, and then there's you know Labor Day coming up. All the summer stuff that goes along with that. In that right. that first year, because we got sober in April, and and I just started thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, that's right. How that first summer was weird, and then it mm. came to like football season, and I'm a huge football fan, and the, my team, the the Packers, went to the Super Bowl and won that year. So mm-hmm. I never watched. I hadn't watched football ever without drinking. All these different things. Do you right. remember, I mean, like going to, whether it be a holiday event and, and you and I went to some of the family events, uh, which mm-hmm. people, people drank at them, but do right. you remember like making or what plan you made if you were going to an event where you knew, even if it was a family event where you knew there was going to be alcohol involved? Do you remember, and this is just, um, I guess, a further thought to having fun doing it and being places, but kind of making a plan. Do you remember making specific plans about how to act or what to do? Um, other than as we were taught, having an escape plan is really it. You know, I mean, I knew I wouldn't be have a, I, I've never had a problem with other people drinking around me. Um, you know, I mean, somebody gets completely loaded. It's annoying. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, I, I understand that, that they can and I can't. So that's fine. I've never had a problem with that. But, um, when it got to the point, I needed to have that escape plan if it got to the point where I was becoming uncomfortable and um, was 
you know, just um, I needed to get out. I needed to get away, you know, and to do it tactfully and lovingly and unselfishly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to, you know, to be able to excuse myself tactfully from the situation where if, if I needed to. And um, yeah, so, I, you know, yeah, I would have an escape plan. I would have, I always knew there were people I could call you, of course, and, um, and a way to get out if I had to. That was it. You know, other than that, um, the rest of it is is me, is me, you know, my problem. Um, and But I needed to make sure that I didn't ruin someone else's good time, you know, or ruin because uh, I did that enough, you know, so that wasn't <laughs> in the plan anymore. Um, so, yeah, to be able to just, you know, say, hey, it's time for me to go. And um, that was it. That was the only plan I had. Well, in. And it made me think about it, too, just again with these holidays coming up, because Marty used to basically lock us down on not lock us down, but he would the Keating mm-hmm. Center. He wouldn't let people go anywhere on the holiday. So right. we, we would like and we were only there basically for I mean, well, Fourth of July, I think by that point we were where we yeah. starting to look for work at that point. So we weren't really. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But I know but that first obviously the first Memorial Day. I remember mm-hmm. we just said it was like the, you know, the bags tournament that we did and we were all pissed off because we couldn't go anywhere. Uh, but I mean, right. he knew better, you know, than to put us in that situation that, you know, that new and that fresh. But I remember, right. um, you know, that the summertime wasn't that big of a deal. I think we got together. And at that point, you wouldn't have been like around John and Gail, I don't think that first summer. But I think we no. did like, you know, later on, you know, we did the Edgewater things and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, we did gatherings at people's houses but christmas was the the big one well thanksgiving uh my family at that point you know they're like we're gonna not gonna drink at thanksgiving and i'm like well you, you don't have to do that we're like nope we've all decided <laughs> we're doing mm. an alcohol-free thanksgiving and i'm like okay because I, part of that made me it made me a little i'm like eh, i just felt like i don't know like you said ruining somebody's time i felt like right i don't know like i was being a burden and then Thanksgiving mm-hmm. was cool. We had a great time. It was good Thanksgiving. It was my stepdad's favorite holiday all the time. John and Gail were there. Johnny was there, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. Kathy was there. Great time. And then um, talks of Christmas started coming up. Now, Christmas with, and you know the stories of, of our family mm-hmm. and Christmas mm-hmm. past. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a huge drink fest and a lot of fun. And nobody ever got stupid, but everyone. You know, I mean, I, I actually fit in pretty well there. Right. <laughs> around, around the holidays because everyone you know everyone kind of drank like i always did but um right. that first christmas i remember i think my mom and john were talking about that we're like they're like okay we're you know we're gonna we're gonna do the same thing for christmas and i said please don't and mm-hmm. you know they're like they're like well, what do you mean and i said you know they're like we don't want you to be uncomfortable i said if you if you're concerned about me being uncomfortable i said if you guys decide to to make it a dry christmas I said, that's, that's going to make me really, really fucking uncomfortable because right. that's, that's not what we do. Thanksgiving. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but you, you guys can't do that. And I talked to my sponsor before then and exactly what you just said, he didn't use those words, but that's what he was talking about is an escape plan. Mm-hmm. First thing he, first thing he told me he says, can you take somebody there that's sober? I'm like, no, because you were my first thought at that point. Because right. you and I were, we were friends, but you know, starting to get to that point, I would have, I mm-hmm. easily would have said, you and I could have hung out at Christmas there. So that right. wasn't, that wasn't going to work. And then I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to drive. I'm going to drive separately. And then that wasn't going to work because, um, as it turned out, mom was in the hospital. She had pneumonia that year. So I ended up, it took um, my stepdad. And then mm-hmm. my, my grandma, and you met, you met our grandma on, on my mom's sure. side. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, that's my plan. Cause I know she can't, she would stay maybe till nine or 10 and she'd have to right. go. So I'm like, right. There's my out. Yep. And that's what I, that's what I did. And when I was leaving, I remember like Kathy's husband, you know, he's like, uh, he's like, Oh, you're not leaving because you know, do you, do you feel uncomfortable? No, I'm good. I'm like, I got to take grandma home or whatever. Mm-hmm it turned out to be the perfect thing. And from that point on, and to this day, 12 years later, I'd never go anywhere that I can't leave ever. Right. Yep. You know, and, and I've always done that, you know, so it's, it's one of the things that, that we were taught very early on. And 
and again, I was I was thinking about that because this is a weird time. And, and I thought about that, too. Again, the, we've had two nice days. Again, windows down, sunroof open, and this great mm-hmm. weather. I love it. But I, I know what that does to, to people in general, but also to people like us that, you know, these these feelings come back. And this is a, the summertime, especially around here. There's a – well, in Cleveland, too. I mean, you're in the same boat. You know, there's right. that, that three, maybe four-month period, and, and people just – they pack everything into it, and there's a lot of alcohol involved. Mm-hmm. You know, so – that's why I wanted to talk about that too, because if there are people listening that, that are new um, and it's not there, there's nothing that we did that was magical, you know, at mm-hmm. all, all that we did was a basic thing, have it. And, and I love the way that you put that, have an escape plan. Um, but mm-hmm. also I never thought about what you just said, as far as leaving tactfully. I mean, I ended up doing that because I was around people that, that loved and cared about me. I mean, I was at um, like Jody, Jody and James's wedding an Irish fucking mm-hmm. wedding right <laughs> two years sober i had right. just, i had just turned two years sober just under it it was in april and uh i mean when when i walked in there and like kathy and mark were there we're at the you know again the the happy hour part whatever the drinks beforehand mm-hmm. when i got in there mark's like he goes i he came back and he had some whiskey kathy had wine and he's like he goes i didn't see any soda he goes i see whiskey and wine up there i said are you kidding me <laughs> I mean, they had soda, but it was a place where, I mean, again, all of our family was there. I was safe. Everyone knew my deal. Um, sure. But I remember having like a plastic cup with soda in it and I wouldn't set it down. because I'm like, I don't want to pick up the wrong glass. And if I, right. a couple of times I did, and then I'm just like, I'm not going to drink it. I got to go grab a different one, yeah. you know, but I stayed for the dinner, had a nice time. I stayed for the, the band to start playing and then I left and I was probably there till. I don't know, 11, 11, 30, whatever it was. But mm-hmm. um, I stayed to the point when people started to, you know, get, get loosened up and I'm like, got to go, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's a, it's having the right mindset, but I, but I think it's so hugely important to, to have that plan. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I know you and I were taught the same thing, but I don't know that in so many of these things that you and I have talked about, but never really sat down and said, Hey, do you remember this? Right. <laughs> you remember that. So this is our chance to, you know, to recap all these things. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to share one thing real quick because I told Kathy I was going to do it. She started laughing. So two things. So she was listening to, uh, well, she's listened to all of our episodes. And, you know, I, I think I mentioned to you that, you know, she told me that there are certain things that we're saying that are kind of hitting home with her on a, on a mm-hmm. normie level, which I mm-hmm. thought was cool. And then right. she passed it along. She passed it along to one friend of hers. And then another friend of hers, I think that it, um, it used to, you know, as some sort of alcohol involved in her life. And then, mm-hmm. so she didn't know that, that I was sober. And then Kathy's telling her about me and you and like, yeah, listen to it. She's like, Oh my God. So she started listening to it. And I mean, these are like relatively normie people, but then Kathy mm-hmm. um, said something about, I don't know. She was talking about detox, but she's like, yeah, when you were in, when you were in detox and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, I still have that. Yeah. That's what I said. I, I still have my cocks, only one of them, but I still have them. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it literally, as she said that, I start laughing. I pulled out my phone and I'm like, that's going on the podcast. So mm-hmm. I, I put it in my little list of list of notes. But yeah, so detox. Detox, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't been decoxed, haven't been deballed. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like new. I would say, let's call, should we call it neutered? I have my nuts though, but that's true. Yeah, you you've had your tubes tied. Yeah, I have. I've had my male tubes tied. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, I know what I, the other thing I was thinking about, and it was just based on the, again the podcast that I listened to. So this uh, this podcast has been having, um, <clears throat> and this is back from the episodes I'm listening to now are like probably may june of 2020 so i mean like really fresh and new into the yeah into the pandemic you know start Mm -hmm. of uh, the pandemic and all that um but also there was you know and and i'm not going to get into all of this stuff because i mean i don't know enough about either way i don't i'm not knowledgeable of this all these subjects but she's having a lot of different people from different walks of life and different areas and basically a, a lot of this uh you know she's talking about um <clears throat> you know in showing people that 
alcohol and drugs don't discriminate against, you know, race, color, creed, um, your Mm -hmm. position in life. You could be up, you could be down all these different places. And, and I thought about that in, well, two things that the different types of people that, that we've listened to and watched and, and watched lead everyone from, Mm -hmm. I mean, just off the top of my head, judges, attorneys, um, do you remember the priest at who do you know? Uh, barely. Oh, you oh, know what? Was, yeah, I do. I do. And he was a younger guy too. And right. I think right. there might there might have been one other priest that we heard at one point. But the the thing of it is with those guys is that uh, you know, and I never really thought about it. Well, first of all, I mean, you know, it's a priest, but I mean, it that's one of the things. It's like okay. <laughs> In my head, I remember when this dude walks up and he's got his collar on at the meeting and stuff. I'm like, Jesus, mm-hmm. God, God didn't even give that dude a break. I'm like, what right. the fuck? <laughs> but, but he talked about, you know, the fact that um, I, how much alcohol and things like that were given to him this is gifts from his con- congregation. Mm-hmm. Everyone always inviting him to dinner and all these different things. But, you know, the separation that uh, and even our, our, our sponsor, the gentleman that sponsored both of us, didn't mm-hmm. he start going back to church, but he separated it because I think his priest told him, he goes, you right. go over there. He, he pointed to the meeting because I think it was the same church. He goes, you right. go over there for that, but come over here for this, you right. know, that that separation part of it. But mm-hmm. it just made me think about it, that all the different people that, that we know from the different walks of life, like uh, Seth, for instance, was a police officer, you know, right. Um, I mean, we've known people that like Pete was a, I mean, he was a high level executive and again, Mm -hmm. judges, lawyers, priests. um, I'm sure that we've known a doctor or met. I know we've, we've known a lot of medical professionals because it's a, (laughs) it's a, it's an easy way to, to, to get, you know, drugs that way. Right. Uh, Uh, Professional athletes. athletes. There was a football player that was around for a while. Of course, uh, uh, the, a Keating Center was uh, named after a sports agent, you know, mm-hmm. with, uh, right. You know, Hall of Fame baseball player is very involved in the Keating Center. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and then there's low lifes and then, and, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, you know, hookers and thieves and yeah, everybody does not discriminate, as you said. Well, and you know, the, the funny thing too is my, and you met my, uh, the sponsor that I had here, uh, when we went mm-hmm. to that meeting, right? You met Carl right. or no? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, and, and this is the honest to God truth, uh, my sponsor here in Wisconsin, um, he could be a, a stunt double for Snoop Dogg. Okay. And I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> and that you remember, you remember, yeah. right? Yeah. And no shit. I mean, he's my, my sponsor is fucking Snoop Dogg. Okay, mm-hmm. but um, long-term sobriety from the South, um, and I know a little bit of a story, but he was like, uh, I think, like, badass and to, like, organize this, that. I mean, badass, uh-huh. okay, but had, I think, like, 20, I'm trying to trying to think. He's in his probably mid-20s as far as years of sobriety. But mm-hmm. um, that being, even setting all that stuff aside, but it's a reason that I, that I asked him to be my sponsor because, again, we're supposed to ask people that have something that we want, and... Um, he does, and he did, and and that was the reason. But mm-hmm. he used to say all the time, he used to say that, um, again, talking about this whole not discriminating, he used to, his saying was, the same dog that bit me bit you. And right. I'm like, damn. <laughs> because it's true, you know? And mm-hmm. in the funny, in the funniest part, too, is like when – when I first got into the Keating Center in my, again, my elitist attitude, and, and even though I was, I wasn't, you know, but mm-hmm. I had this mindset that, you know, these people and you people, um, right, right. And, and now I, I hate that. I hate that phrase, you people. I hate it. Right. You know, right. I don't care who, who's talking about who or what. Nope. Because it's just this, it's derogatory and I don't care who they're talking about. Oh, you people. What? Right. <laughs> but that's that's how I felt, you know, before I realized that all these guys that I thought were that I had nothing in common with and that were, mm-hmm. I don't know, potentially out to hurt me, um, you know, were not only the same, no one no one ran the same path, you know, but right. but the end result. So do you remember it? Uh, do you remember the meeting about the uh, the guy talked about driving his car into a house? Mm, I don't know. 
<laughs> so so we were at the it was a Keating Center meeting again and, and some dude was up there and he's he's leading and again room full of uh you know alcoholics but I, I think it was a men's meeting uh, might have mm-hmm. been a men's meeting and I don't remember how how much time we had it it was almost irrelevant but this guy had a good lead and he's got everyone engaged and he's talking and he's like yeah and this and that and I went ahead and <clears throat> he's drunk and missed a turn and he goes i you know drove my car into somebody's living room and then mm. he starts talking and then he stops and he said he goes did everyone hear what i said and <laughs> everyone stops and he's like he goes i drove my car into somebody's <laughs> living room and still everyone's just like well you know, kind of you like know. the shrugging of the shoulders well, yeah and he mm-hmm. said he said that's he goes that's the coolest part of meetings he said that he goes there's no place else in the in the in the world that you can walk in right. and just say by the way, I was drunk and I, <laughs> I drove my car into somebody's living room. And had people just mm-hmm. say, eh, uh, "Of course you yeah, did." Why that's about right. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you do that, right? Right. right. <laughs> but but that was the that was a fun part too. And I I don't know if uh, if I ever or if you remember me telling you this. I remember it. I think it was Uncle John that asked me that. I was again very very new, um, you know, newly mm-hmm. sober. We were over at their house and. And he was asking me, um, you know, he's like, is it ask me about the, the groups and all those different things and the meetings and, you know, genuinely wanted to wanted to know. And mm-hmm. he ever him asking me, he said, he goes, is it strange, you know, having these conversations kind of like, you know, bearing your soul to these strangers. And right. that was the first time that somebody had asked me that. And I thought about it and I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I said, it's not. Um, right. and he's like, he's like, really? And I said, no. Because I said, I'm not telling them anything that they either haven't done, heard, or would do. Um, mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm, I'm basically, I'm hearing my story. They're telling me theirs. And, I'm, and again, this was, I don't even think I was 30 days sober at the time. And, mm-hmm. I, and I told them, I said, I said, no offense. I said, I said, it's actually more, I'm more uncomfortable talking to you guys than I am today. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and he's like, and I, I think, well, you, you know, Uncle John was, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, he probably apologized. I'm like, no, 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 I don't mean it bad. It just, it just is. Right. So I didn't realize that, you know, I, I know I didn't say then, like, I feel uncomfortable talking about or to you guys now. Cause I didn't realize it was going to evolve, but you know, of course mm-hmm. it did. And I don't, I don't mind sharing, you know, thoughts and things like that with family, but the deepest things, you know, stay within, you know, as they say, stay within the rooms. Right. Right. So anything else from, from meetings like that, that you remember? I mean, the, I, that was one of the wildest things that I remember, but anything else that somebody said that you, I don't know, not that you were shocked about, but you it was just kind of like a wild story. Nah, nothing comes to mind. You know, again, um, they don't seem all that wild because, (laughs) you know, (laughs) looking back on my quote unquote career. um, Yeah. You know, I, I did some, pretty stupid, uh, amazing, yeah. rotten things too. We all do. <laughs> you know, like you said, the paths are different, but the results are the same and really the intentions are the same and uh, the results are the same. It's, it's all, it's all the same. You know, uh, like I tell the guys in group all the time, look, man, I'm just a garden variety drunk who did a whole bunch of dope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. You know, I've heard you say the garden variety drunk all the time, but I, I don't know that I've ever heard you follow it up with. <laughs> oh, yeah. with that. Well, you know, I got to relate to those junkies there. Right. Because again, I'm, I'm one too. You know, there's no different. You know, like the big book says, man, alcohol is just a symptom, which means heroin's just a symptom and crack is just a symptom and whatever the hell we're putting in ourselves are just a symptom of our selfishness and self-centeredness. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And uh, that was the one thing I remember, too, when we first got in there. And, you know, it's kind of like the I guess it was the like the intake meeting with Phyllis. And she mm-hmm. had asked, you know, about um, she goes, do you have any drug use? And I'm like, no. And she's like, none. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you're the weirdo when it comes to that. Oh, I know. I mean, out of out of all of our friends, I mean, all you guys, you know, have right. done if not a lot of things, you know, at least a few things here and there. And yeah, mm-hmm. I am, you know, I'm, I'm, but I used to mow the grass and the lines and think about it was, remember that with doing leaves at, at, yeah. my, at mom's <laughs> yep. I used, to, I used to mulch up the leaves and put them into like lines. Like it was like, it was cocaine. It was just funny, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I've never barely, I've barely seen a line, let alone done one. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, she said, Right after that, she's like, oh, you're in for a treat. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're going to learn more about drugs than you <laughs> probably ever, <laughs> ever wanted to know. And it, 
And you know what? I have, but it's, it helped yeah. me too. I could, I could actually talk with people, feel comfortable with, with other, you know, sober people and not, you know, mm-hmm. and not discriminate because honestly, I didn't, I didn't really know anyone. I knew people who smoked weed. I knew some people who, you know, snorted some Coke over the years. I knew people, you know, who did those things, but that mm-hmm. was, I didn't, I didn't know anyone else who like hit it hard. Like some of our friends are, and you included. Yeah. Hard, fucking hardcore, man. Yep. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but the thing of it is, I don't care, you know, it doesn't bother me. Right. It doesn't so, matter. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So a couple of other things that, uh, the two more things that popped into my head and it reminded me of us uh, thinking again about the three quarter house. Do you remember, you know, we had a conversation with Bob, the one that you blew is anonymity. God, I couldn't say that anonymity um, yes. a couple of weeks ago. And uh-huh. there was a, uh, somebody had fruit and he had said something along the lines. It's like, don't, don't eat that. If it's spoiled, you'll have to change your sobriety date. And I remember yeah. stopping and I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, because if one fruit, whatever it was, you know, turns mm-hmm. into certain alcohol and he's like, you'd have to, if you eat it, you'll have to change your sobriety date. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah. So he's going through all this stuff. I'm like, okay, you wait. And at this point, again, I don't even think we were two years sober and I'm having this conversation. He's, he's got a couple of years on us and right. uh, he yeah. start, starts telling me about this. And I'm like, that's not true. I said, so you did he's a bad fruit and it has got alcohol in it or broke. I'm like, no, and he's like, no. well, that's what my sponsor said. I'm like, man, you need a new sponsor. Mm. And then, so, so we got into this whole conversation. I'm like, okay, so let's take this one step further. What if, what if you accidentally take a drink? You didn't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. You, somebody put booze in your drink or whatever. Yep. You got to change your sobriety day. And I'm like, the fuck you do. No. I'm like, if, if somebody slipped you a, you know, a, a roofie, a drug, a booze or anything like that. And I'm right. like, that's not your fault. And I said, I said, here's what my sponsor taught me. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm getting all fucking high and mighty on him because it, it made me think about the sobriety date. He, for figuring my sobriety date, he said, when is the last day that you put a substance into your body yourself? Right. You know, and I'm like, okay, that was April 17th. And he said, April 18th is your sobriety date. I'm like, I was in detox. Mm-hmm. I was messed up for days. And he's right. like, doesn't matter. He goes, you didn't do that. They were trying to help you. Yes, you had drugs. Mm-hmm. You had things in your body, but you didn't do it. Right. I'm like, okay. That's what he taught me, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, so we went through this whole thing, and it got a little raw. And I'm not going to say exactly what I said because I got, I got pretty literal with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but um, I just I, – I thought about that. I'm like, it's just the, – the thing of it is, it's just if – I mean, God forbid. I mean, we've – I don't know that we know of anyone. I don't that was slipped drugs or alcohol or anything like that to my knowledge. But, um, I remember, I mean, it's even somebody asking me that question, not really jokingly, but just like, Hey, what if that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, well, if it was an accident, you know, it, it is what it is. It's like, well, what if somebody sure. did that to you? You know, like, what if somebody did that to you? And I said, well, if I found out who it was, I beat the fuck out of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, and I said, well, maybe not, but probably, but I'm like, I, I tell you one thing. I said, if it was somebody I cared about, they wouldn't be in my life anymore. I'll tell you that right. much. Yeah. You know, if they did it on purpose. But, um, but yeah. So that yeah, would be- I'll guarantee, man. You know, if they're a real drug addict, they're not sharing their drugs. They're not giving the shit away. <laughs> <laughs> Here, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use some of my dope to fuck you up. I don't think so. I'm gonna use some of my dope to fuck me up. You know what? That's a, uh, you just solved the problem. Thank you. That just, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's not, not, but it was just, it was right. funny when I thought about that conversation with Bob, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's actually, that's a, that's a pretty damn good point. You know? Yeah. Why, why yeah. would anyone? So did, um, did, when you came to your sobriety date, were you, were you taught the same thing as far as like the last, the last day that you used or drank or yeah. that yeah. you figure out. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I, my, my first, my sobriety date was my first day in detox as well. Yeah. And, okay. you know, and like you said, yeah, I was loaded up man. they were giving me Valium and stuff. So I wouldn't fucking seize. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was medicine, man. That does, you know, I mean, Christ, um, you know, lots of our friends who've had surgeries and stuff, and they've been given painkillers, and that's that's medical, that's doctor, that's and you know whether you feel the effect of it. Mark Marin calls it a freebie. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did that. He was talking about it. he had some procedure done. Or I think he had some dental work done, and so they they doped him up to do it. And he was he called it a freebie. And I went, yep, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, and you know, the, the fact that you bring that up and made, made me think about it too. I've had. I've had a couple of, um, you know, dental things done over the years, and it mm-hmm. it almost it almost shocked me um, how easy it would have been for me to get, um, you know, not only in that valley and uh, uh, Vicodin, Vicodin mm. or um, Oxy, both of those. Mm-hmm. And it, even though when I filled out the paperwork, I'm filling out everything on there, and then even putting on the side, I'm an alcoholic. I wanted to put, I'm a raging alcoholic. Right. <laughs> um, but this one, this one place I went into and, you know, it was just, I went in, fill out the paperwork, I even gave it to the person. I'm like, you know, just make sure that the doctor knows this part. I don't want any, uh, I'll take the Novocaine, whatever you got to do, but I'm like, no right. pain meds. I don't need them. Mm-hmm. So I, I filled it out, told her doctor still asked me. I'm like, no nurse that comes in. One nurse asked me, no, another nurse actually at the end, she's like, the doctor will be coming, coming in with your prescription. Nope. Don't need it. He walks in with a prescription already filled out. Gave mm-hmm. it to me, and I'm like, <laughs> arms up. I got my arms up right now, like Jim Benny used to do. Nope, I right. don't really want it. Don't want it no more, you know. But yeah. I mean, it happened, and I was just like, damn. So it, it makes sense to me, you know, whether in in those circumstances, and, and if and I already know what I would do if I had to have a surgery like that. Whether it mm-hmm. was my, my son, my daughter, I would give pills to my ex wife and just say, hey, I'm going to stop over once a day and grab whatever I need, but right. don't give me anything else. Lock it up. You've got a gun safe. Put it in there. <laughs> Again, keeping yourself accountable. Yeah, because it would. I wouldn't want to have it around here. You know, I mean, I yeah. don't know. Right. You know, I just, again, I just, I just don't know. You know, so. But and um, I mean, and for me, I, you know, it hasn't happened yet. I haven't run into that um, situation yet. But um, you know, if I had to, if I, you know, they they slice me open, um, and and I I need that sort of medicine um i'm going to i'm going to go into it the mindset hopefully with you know i need this to physically heal i'm not doing it to get loaded i'm not doing it for the effect i will feel the effect but i'm not going to get in my head and and have fun with it you know because that's <laughs> that, that's not what my life is about today you know uh, and hopefully that would be the way it would happen. And, and I've seen people in the rooms, friends of mine, you know, um, our friend Ben had open heart surgery and he was like, he was freaked out. Cause you know, he was like, I'm gonna have to, they're going to cut my fucking chest open. I'm gonna have to take something, you know, or you're going to lose your mind. You're going to be in so much pain that you're, you know, you're not going to be able to heal properly. Um, right. and it, it, but again, he was accountable. He, 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 talked it with a sponsor. He made sure that he had people around him to help him take this medicine properly. Cause like anything else, we can't do it on our own, including that, including taking drugs when we have to. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. we're, when we're, when we're actually required to take them. And you know what? Right. It's funny that you brought up Ben because Ed, he was the first one I thought about when we just started, when you were just talking about surgeries, he was the first mm-hmm. one. Right. I remember that 100%. He's uh, Ben's a really good friend of ours. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this was, God, this was a while ago too. I mean, I was, yeah. was I still in Cleveland? I might not have been, oh, yeah. but. I, th- I think he might've been. Yeah. I mean, we were maybe two, three years sober, somewhere around there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do remember it. I remember him being freaked out. Phyllis went in for surgery and I know a couple other people right. I, I know for a fact have done it. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just uh, you know again one of these one of these thoughts that come into my head that uh, you know sometimes it's fun to to just get out and talk about. And we we ended up Absolutely. talking about that subject for probably ten minutes. So we did. Apparently, apparently, we had some things to say about it. We did. <laughs> so, um, but I I mean I I've got all my all my suggestions are are run through. But um, well, anything else, you know, and I always obviously ask you. I think I know the answer already. But um, anything else <laughs> on your. <laughs> Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> that's, you know, that's what I, we, we, we've hit the hour and four minute mark here. So uh, I think we filled our time for this week. You fuckers <laughs> are going to have to come back next week to hear some more. <laughs> yeah, clearly we could talk more, but we're not fucking going to. <laughs> that's right. All right. You don't have right, to bro. go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> exactly. Go back and listen to me. <laughs> 
and listen to the other episodes. Come on, man. Right. <laughs> All right, brother. It is your time and your turn. All right, man. Thanks for listening to another episode of Sober Not Mature. Be good this week. Be kind to the people around you. And never forget, fuck off. <laughs> all right, brother. I love you. I love you too, man. We'll see y'all next week. All right. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. To access all of our content and interact with us, please visit our website, SoberNotMature.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.